0: Spiritual
1: Truth revealed, and so it is. And Bejan is the truth. No if ands and buts about it. Ah, thank you so much for creating that energy field. I ran across a story a while back, a kind of anecdotal story. And it was something that baffled you know the scientists, the medical community. <clears throat> it was about a hospital that had Medicineless medicine. And in this particular anecdote, there was a patient there that had a cancerous tumor. And some practitioners came, three of them just to surround the individual, and they joined in unison along with the, the patient. And they were just saying these three words, it's already done. And they said those words over and over and over again. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. And after doing this for two minutes and 40 seconds, seemingly without any process of reasoning, the tumor disappeared. Like I said, it baffled those who were there. They really can't explain it at all. You know, we've heard about Places where individuals have instantaneous remissions and so forth. And when those things happen, we ask ourselves, was that a miracle? Was that a miracle? You know, when we think of miracles, we usually think of something supernatural happening. Some sort of divine intervention coming in from the outside that somehow overcomes the natural order of our entire universe. But we understand how our universe is formed and how it works. There is no miracles in that sense. A miracle is nothing more but an instant demonstration of that which is real. An instant demonstration of that which is eternal, that is changeless. So in this instance, when those three practitioners and that patient had come to an agreement that there was a dimension where the healing had already existed. There was a dimension where the cancer did not exist. And so they worked from that premise and realized that in the mind of God, there's only wholeness. And so what they did, they lifted their vibration and claimed that wholeness. So in two minutes and 40 seconds, that illness, which is not existent in the mind of God, it was a fact but it was an appearance and not the ultimate reality. It was not the ultimate truth of that individual. So we're asking ourselves today, are we open to a miracle by being grounded first and foremost in truth? You know, for so-called miracles to show up, we must start and be grounded with this primary principle, the principle of oneness, the principle of unity, that says there's only one power, that says that there's only one presence, there's only one life, there's only one love, and that is everywhere present, in its fullness, simultaneously, everywhere. And we realize that this one presence is always in a state of wholeness. It's never in a state of dis-ease. And so our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to come into awareness of that. And when we see from that perspective and put all our faith, all our energy into that truth in an instant truth is revealed as an instant demonstration of what is eternal and real. And like those who are part of that medicine-less medicine hospital what showed up is what we might call a miracle. Now understand a miracle may not show up as a physical change or an external change. It can be Most people think about that as being a miracle. But the real miracle takes place when there's a change in us. There's a change in our perspective. Those familiar with A Course in Miracles, you know it says a miracle is when we have a change in perception and we begin to see new possibilities. I recall I was watching or listening to a talk or a presentation, maybe more like a uh, testimony of a woman named Amy Purdy, and she was a young woman who had this dream of becoming a world-class snowboarder, but Amy's life suddenly took a turn for the worst in her mind. You know, she had been diagnosed with some untreatable, unexplainable disease. That ended up, she ended up losing her spleen and a kidney. She lost hearing in one ear. Both of her legs uh, had to be amputated below the knee, leaving her dream of being that world-class snowboarder completely shattered. Understandably, she went in great despair. But once she accepted the facts over time that here is my situation, and didn't fight it, didn't resist it, she had a revelation. And in that revelation, she had made a decision to move forward. And in moving forward, she said she had to let go of the old Amy and embrace her new self. And she began to see possibilities rather than limitations. So she partnered up with an expert in prosthetics who manufactured them, created them, designed them. And together they created a artificial legs for her and feet that would allow her to snowboard again. And they had to do something very unusual because obviously it was a very rigorous activity she was going to be in. So the normal stuff wasn't going to work. So in this process, they decided to get creative with it. At least she decided to get creative with it. She said, you know, I'm kind of short. So I'm going to make myself taller, you know, with this prosthetic. You know, I can never find shoes that fit my feet. So I'm going to create the prosthetic that would fit the perfect shoes for me and all those shoes that I've always been wanting to get, I can now get them on sale. <laughs> now getting to that point wasn't easy. But she persisted and eventually she won two World Cup gold medals in snowboarding for and became the highest ranked adaptive female snowboarder and eventually founded a not-for-profit Uh, organization for people with physical challenges so they could participate in action sports. It was an inspiring story to read. But how was she able to develop such resilience? How was she able to develop such creativity to transform a devastating setback into an opportunity for a positive outcome? She had, first and foremost, a change in perception. And that opened up all kinds of possibilities for Amy's life that would not have happened without a change in how she was seeing things. The physical facts or the circumstances did not change at all. But a so-called miracle can happen nonetheless because when we have a change in perspective, we have a redirection of our energy and our attention. And the truth of the matter is, as truth being revealed, that we are energy. A dynamic spirit that has no boundary and cannot be constricted by anything when we accept that's our real identity. There's an English author, a new thought pioneer named Thomas Troard. And many years ago he wrote that belief in limitation is the only thing that causes limitation. It is our belief in it. So we contemplate that for a moment. Because if we can catch this, then we'll understand that we're not here necessarily to fix ourselves because there's really nothing to fix. There's only something to be revealed, truth revealed. So we don't have to put anything in us. As I say, it's all spiritual growth and evolvement. is really about removing the blockages so that we can release the life energy. This is who we are. And this life energy that you and I are, this flowing energy that all of us are, this vitalizing force that we are begins to re-qualify the places within us, the places that we think we're damaged, the places where we're holding back, the places where we do not feel like we're good enough, the places we do not feel that we don't have enough. This energy change in itself will begin to make us whole and free because we'll begin to see that. You know, Amy changed her perception of how she saw herself. She freed the energy of her imagination and created a life that one would might call miraculous. And although she lost her legs, she was spiritually whole. And she realized the truth of her was not her legs, the truth of her was not anything else in the external. The truth of her, she was a spiritual being. And as a spiritual being, she can go beyond any actual or self-imposed limitations that she had. There's a lot going on in our world. You know, we can name a lot of stuff that's happening. Maybe there's a lot going on in your life. But when we see that from a God's eye view, we can see from a different perspective and how we see the situation can change our whole attitude toward it. I mentioned earlier that I was speaking to my, my good friend and colleague, Reverend Jim Lee, who... Many many of you know, you know, he and I went to ministerial school together, and we kind of showed up the same day, the days of our interviews and and hanging out, uh, you know, all the, that time we were in school, and he's been one of my closest friends ever since that time. So we talk periodically, and we talk sometimes about the things that are happening in the world and the seeming turmoil that's taking place, and, and Jim just would say, my God, what a great time to be alive. What a great time to be alive because the circumstances are bringing something magnificent in us out. We're actually loaded. We're coded with possibilities. And when we're anchored in the truth of oneness. when We're anchored in the truth of unity as a primary principle of the presence of God. We become available to what folks may call miracles. Like I said, a miracle is nothing more than a change in our perception. So we get... Out of predicaments, I think today, by changing our perceptions first and foremost. Of course, it doesn't mean that we don't change things that are going on that we think are unjust or can be changed for the better. We do that where it's appropriate. We take that action. But the most important thing is to change how we see it our perception and when we do there's an awareness that the spirit of living god is our source of every good and perfect thing and something magnificent is in our heart seeking to be expressed This is a basic principle of truth and that's this God is the source of our good God is the source You know, as an expression of God, we don't necessarily have to rely on what we see as the source of our good. Oftentimes, we look at what we see, we limit immediately. Our true source is invisible. Sometimes we look at the circumstances, the situations, the facts that we're facing and believe those things are our source and those things somehow determine our circumstances. They do not. They do not have the final word. There's a story in the Hebrew Bible. known as Elisha and the widow's oil in the second Kings. And here's the basic scene. You know, there's a widow in deep trouble. She's facing a reality, a harsh reality of losing her children, losing her kids who so would be enslaved in order to pay off her debts. That was the system in this story. And so she was at her wit's end. And then suddenly <clears throat> there's hope that shows up. Elijah, the prophet, asked her as he shows up, he asked her, you know, in her house, what's in her house? And he, she says, well, I just have a jar of oil. That's what she says. That was her perception. That was based upon what she could see. But Elijah tells her to gather up all the vessels that she can, all of her neighbors and friends and then after she gathers all the vessels to start pouring the oil. And guess what happens? The oil miraculously keeps flowing until every vessel is full. She sells the oil, pays off her debts, and lives happily ever after with her children. Well, I don't know if it was happily ever after with the children. Sometimes <laughs> it's challenging <clears throat> with the children.
0: Yes.
1: But the point of the story is this. By asking the widow to gather as many vessels as she could muster up, she was changing her perception. Because when he asked her, what's in your house? He was asking, what's in your consciousness? What are you seeing? What is your perspective? She changed her perception from a belief that her supply or her source was only what she could see to to realizing her source was that invisible, unlimited substance that we call God. God is even a limited word, but anyway, that's what we call it. As I said earlier and sung earlier, there's a song about it. We sang a song by Karen Drucker earlier, but she got another song, and it goes like this, and you all may know it. God is my source. God is my power. God gives me everything I need. So I give thanks for all my blessings. God gives me everything I need. That's a great affirmation to put in our awareness. You know, we are here remembering that we're living, vitalizing energy vessels for this presence. Rather than just being a person or a persona, and that really simply means we're the mass. We're just putting on, you know, not the true self. We must realize that we're unlimited, revitalizing energy. So our place, your place, it's a place of opening for the presence of this unlimited presence we call God. And it's our life. This life is our life. It is the source of our all good. And we're here to work for that source. We're here to serve that source. We're here to be available to that source. I believe this is the new definition of success. Success to be of service to a spiritual idea that comes from the source where there is no limit. So you and I can begin to walk through life a little differently when we realize this and have this as a perception. We carry ourselves a little differently. We have a different energetic. And we're no longer looking to the external world to give us anything. We're no longer looking to the external world to make us happy. We're no longer looking to the external world for anything. We're looking for something within ourselves that we're seeking to bring out, and so we can broadcast the all cosmic good that is in our heart. So we want to understand and add to it this basic principle of truth, and we say this over and over again. But like I said, it bears repeating because sometimes you know it's just, it makes sense, common sense, but we're not always aware that it's not it's not always common practice, and that's our thought. Being a mental unit of energy translates itself into our experience. Our thought translates into speech and behavior and all the things that we have in our life that we call symptoms. That's why our perception is so critical. Thus, we're able to say that we don't really experience reality. We experience our thought about reality. We experience our thought about what we're seeing. I know some of you may be uh, Sacramento King fans. (laughs) I would think so in this city. And then, you know, they had a game the other day or last week, and, and, you know, there was some controversy about uh, one of the players got stepped on as uh, he was, you know, going back to the other end of the court, and, you know, they were calling all kinds of fouls and getting ejections and stuff. And I was listening to a couple of people talking about it. And one people had one perspective on it that, well, this player started it, and then the other person said, no, it was this player that started it that created that chain of reactions. So they had two different interpretations of what happened from one set of facts. Sometimes we think what we say and think we see is reality. No, what we're experiencing is our thought about it. So, in a wonderful, blissful kind of way, sometimes we just have to check ourselves and see where we're thinking from. Are we thinking from a consciousness of separation and fear? If so, we need to check ourselves because we should be thinking from a consciousness of oneness, a consciousness of abundance, a consciousness of possibilities. And there's a game that I play with myself from time to time. That if some thought comes into my mind that's like a disturbance in the force, I have to ask myself, James, am I thinking from a consciousness of fear and a consciousness of separation? Or am I thinking from a consciousness of oneness and a consciousness of absolute abundance and limitless possibilities? Then I have to say, if I'm not thinking from oneness and abundance, then I need to think again. Because out of a consciousness of oneness and abundance, seeming miracles can come forth. They can spring forth because it's a different energy than if we're from a consciousness of lack, limitation, and not enough to go around. So we need to check ourselves on a regular basis and ask ourselves, is this thought I'm thinking true with a small T versus truth with a big T? You know, there's only enough go around. There's only so many dollars in my bank account. There's, you know, the economy's contracting. There's a lot of fear, doubt, and worry. Oh, we're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> but we have to see the truth. The truth is we live in an abundant universe, people by rich ideas. And if we catch the right idea, we're not subject to the prevailing thought form of our day that comes to us in the news that life is bad, it's gonna to continue to bad. And what are you thinking about, that's impossible. When in fact, it always can be better. You know, with a change in perception, we realize, yes, my thoughts has the ability to translate itself into my experience. And when our thoughts are anchored, I am anchored in truth. I'm open and available to miracles. Are you open to a miracle? Yeah. Are you open to a miracle? Yeah. You know, I can imagine maybe 120 years or so ago, some person coming up with the idea that, you know, you can be in your home or apartment and you can have in front of you a screen in which you can talk to other people and from anywhere along the planet at any time during the day. And people would say, if you came up with that idea, you must be out your mind. Are you insane? But understand, the idea already existed in the mind of God. It was just waiting for a consciousness to connect with the idea. And when it's grounded in truth that there's one presence and we connect with the divine solutions that are everywhere present, good stuff begins to happen. So as we're contemplating so-called miracles, we realize those possibilities happen when we change our perception. You know, I was talking to a young man, I guess he would call him an activist, somewhat skeptical about how the world is going. He was talking about peace on earth, and he was wondering, you know, before human beings become extinct, are we ever going to have peace on earth? And I said, well, yes and no. (laughs) Let me explain. It simply means that the human beings that got us in this mess will not be the same human beings that will bring peace on the planet and get us out of it. And I think the same sentiment applies to any crisis. If we are to find the way forward to the new heaven, the ever-expanding good, we cannot be the same persons we were before the crisis. In other words, the human will be transformed into another level of awareness. The old consciousness will be extinct and the new will be born. So the same is for us. There are things that we might be praying for, things we want to see happen in our life, things we want to see available in our world. But the person speaking that word, praying those words, will not be the same person that delivers them in our life. It cannot be the same. It's impossible. We'll have to be in a bigger place because it cannot be delivered by that same person that is trying to get it outside of them. It will only be Delivered by the person that is it right now. We have to be it. That's what we're about. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. That's the miracle of transformation. And so the challenges that we face today, individually or collectively, are leading us to that transformation. Of course, the challenge and difficulty of this, that in order for us to move, we have to do the work. Sometimes we have to come out from among them, as it says in the old school. You got to come out from among them. You know, we have to be moments we have to sit alone with ourselves, talk with spirit one on one, and in our heart rather than <clears throat> something else. We need to be in tune with that. So there'll be moments we have to pray and meditate and, and, and not do what everybody else is doing or think like everybody else is thinking. People will say, What you doing? You taking that class on quantum living? You coming to that meditation? You practicing forgiveness? You going out hanging out with the people at Spiritual Life Center? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We'll come to those moments when we do come out from among them, the constant consciousness of the world, and work through whatever needs to be worked through, whatever is in our awareness, in order to free ourselves to be one in the Spirit. And people may wonder about you, but you'll be in good company because you're grounded in truth, and then you're open to the magnificent miracles that are there waiting for a consciousness big enough, bold enough, courageous enough to simply accept it. It is done. Peace and blessings to you.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center